Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. All right. Today's episode, we have Baraka Sahaya, artist, doula, and founder of the art therapy group Birthing Our Ancestors. Today, we are going to discuss how Birthing Our Ancestors came about and the mission and work of this wonderful group. But before we do that, hello, Baraka. Welcome to the show. Ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Clearly, y'all, we are all ecstatic about this. Uh, just a little, little tidbit. Um, I met Baraka at the um, doulas um doula training international conference. yes the born into this it's the born into this conference yes the born into this conference which was amazing and <laughs> i met this beautiful soul at the conference and immediately like bfs from the beginning i texted danielle and i was like we're gonna have her on the show she's magnificent um yeah. we are here oh. and to be able to do this but yes. can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family Yes, definitely. So um, I'm a mom of one. I have a five-year-old named Luang. He's the most beautiful person in the entire world. Um, I am a single mom, and um, I have a partner, but um, it's not his dad. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much our family. We live in Austin, and... Um, I'm a doula and a personal chef. Um, I haven't really been taking personal chef clients like in the last six to seven months because I started um, doing locating, apartment locating. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I work in a lab and that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I like to consider myself, I, I tell people like, like a scientist, full art home. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's just like all, all the different types of art and then like I, I kind of mix science with it. So food art, um, I'm also a local model and actress. So I do a lot of different things, girl, lots of different things. Everywhere. And don't even try and downplay that uh, uh, modeling thing. You tried to whisper that in there. Come on now. <laughs> no, it's because, you know what it is? It's because like I, I try to use my modeling because a lot of if if I don't get work through I, I work with Brown Agency that's the agency I'm contracted under but if I'm not getting contracted through that most of the shoots that I do I do I'm the creative direction for all of that so I use my art the art platform to kind of like throw in like more facts and like understanding of different you know social structures and like ideologies and stuff like that and so um just try to downplay it sometimes because like people get you know people are just so taken aback by art in general whether it's modeling or like painting or anything and it's like that's not the point like yeah that's not what I want you to see I want you to like understand this like yeah yes it's like it's great like like so and then so I'm trying to like shy away from being considered a model and being more considered like a doula and like um a person you can come to for health purposes so 
that's 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 the only reason why. It's, I, I'm not trying to like downplay it. It's tough. Like I love doing it. Like I really do. So it's almost um, like a rebranding. Is that- yeah. Well, it's it's not even that. I just it's it's really just I really want people to the idea for me. I feel like art is a gateway to learning about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really do try to use it for that purpose. I really do try to use it to give people gateways to like seek their own information because we fortunately we live in this society where we have so much access to so much different information. Mm-hmm. So you just have to want to like you, like that's really for me, like I, I feel like that's all I'm practicing. Like in my regular life is like, just like getting people, inspiring people to like look for information. Yeah. So, and I think that like, I, I just want people to like focus on seeking the information rather than like, oh, like modeling is so pretty and like, it's so lovely. And like, like what color, what, what dye number do you use your hair color with? Like, <laughs> like who cares? <laughs> well, it's so funny. Like you say that because you're actually the first person I've ever heard refer to modeling as art. And like you even, you saying it like that even made my brain kind of like shift. Like, yes, modeling is art. Like that is art. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think even just talking about it in that way can shift people's perspective about like what they can get from seeing things that is modeling or seeing um, modeling as that. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. Yes. Exactly. You, you yeah. Just right there. <laughs> yeah. But I know. Like you know, it, it's it's like I think it's just. Um. See, and you know what? You made me realize that too, because like I thought everyone saw modeling as art, but like mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, there probably are a lot of people who don't see it as art. Yeah. Like because I mean, it is it is definitely like, I mean, people like co- large companies they pay people just to like take photographs and like they're essentially doing the set design and stuff but like I guess I guess I consider it more art because I do a lot of set design and I do a lot of creative direction like I was saying so I guess yeah that makes sense yeah I mean it's making it's giving me all the America's Next Top Model vibes like I'm really you know thinking about how they like structured stuff for the models. Right. Danielle, do you remember, did you ever watch America's Next Top Model? I did. I remember. Oh, yes. Did, um, oh, yes. And they would do, like, challenges that did invoke more art. Yeah. 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 And you know what's funny about you guys saying that? I What what inspired me to become a model is watching America's Next Top Model, because America's Next Top Model came out when I was, like, in, what, second grade, probably. So... I st- I grew up watching it and like I grew up like being completely in love with Tyra Banks and being completely in love even more so in love with Naomi Campbell. Yeah. And like seeing seeing those like because they do they it's it's brilliant how they how they come up with these concepts like of of like the different challenges that they do between the models and it's like I I I never thought I never made that connection but like I feel like that's definitely part of like my process in creating sets and creating like shoots is like doing that but 
Yeah. And so it, it, it kind of like branches off. Um, like I was telling you earlier, like I consider myself half scientist full art hoe because like all of that set design, it like branches off into everything that I do. Like, so even like with me doing, create, developing like events for birthing our ancestors, I like very, 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 um, what's the word? Like strategically, that's not the word I was looking for, but like somewhere in that, <laughs> somewhere in that, like think of synonyms for strategically, like um, it's on purpose, like the way I design it so that people can have an experience of relating art, like to their emotions and like to their experiences. And I think the word and it, it's, been like a, it's not just thrown together, but that it's it's purposeful. Everything has a reason why how you've been intentional. Doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just like I think um like you know, there's just like so much research going into how art is affecting people's minds and how it's affecting their health and I really like to bring that in because I definitely feel like when I was able, when I got to a place in my life where I was able to develop all these different things that I do and surround it with being able to put art into these things, it really did make my life better. Like my life improved Mm -hmm. by being able to, I mean, I'm sure you guys can see how your life has improved just from having a podcast. Like this is, I feel like a podcast is definitely an art form because you guys are choosing, you guys are like very intentional about who you're having on here and who's going to have different types of the different types of personalities and the different types of information. And so that in itself is like, and it's an art form because like you're, you're, you're serving as a medium to like the public for what they're learning and what kind of information that they're seeking and what, what they're inspired to seek, you know? So, um, yeah. Okay. We received that. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I wish I was in Ohio. I wish I could do this like in person. This is so funny. Yeah. We always want to like ship in all our guests. Yeah. (laughs) That's one day. One day. Um, When I think of birthing our ancestors um, and just how that began for you. How does it actually look like and how did it start? So um, I started birthing our ancestors with one of my closest friends. Her name is Mikhail Grossman. So something else about me and art, not to keep bringing it there, but it's going to go there. I mean, it's a part of who you are. So, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, like, um, another reason why not just with modeling because I also paint and so um I actually started painting in 2016 um me and my best friend and my son lived in a house together and um my best friend is an amazing artist like she sells art at like all of the birthing our ancestors events that I have and um I've thrown other events for other organizations and she sells art there and she's just she's super beautiful talented person and um she kind of taught me um how to kind of like 
translate pain. Cause for a long time, like the way I deal with pain, because like I, I'm, I'm the type of person where people are always like, Oh, Brock is fine. Like, cause I always have a smile on my face. Like I'm always like pretty upbeat. And so when I'm going through things, like I just like hide. So you just don't see me. And it's, it's yeah. not abnormal because like, I'm also a lot more introverted than people think I am. And so when I disappear, it's like, oh, Baraka's fine. She's just disappearing. You know what I mean? She's yeah. just being a fucking bitch, you know? But, like, <laughs> but really, like, it's, like, mostly because I'm probably depressed. <laughs> and so, like, sweep things under the rug and, like, just try to leave that pain. Instead of, like, dealing with it, I would just, like, try to leave it. It's, like, put it in a box, make it pretty and then like leave it for a second and then but then you know it it doesn't work that way because you know things continuously happen like things are going to always happen to you as you're living and existing and so um you have to deal with things that affect you and so I I was taught like by my best friend that like you know that's that's something you have to do and she taught me how to paint and like how to really put that pain into um into something and so that's how I started painting and and sketching and drawing and um creating like canvas work it's like through that and um it really helped me because what 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 painting allowed me to do was it allowed me to kind of see that like actually visualize like what was hurting me yeah Um, and then um in visualizing what was hurting me, I was able to kind of map things that I, I needed to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's just like a very therapeutic like process. And like, that's, and so anyways, I, la- uh, two years ago, I ended up having a miscarriage and um, I had a miscarriage by my son's father who we, we haven't been together since December, 2016. Mm-hmm. And so it was really traumatizing because it's like, oh, you know, like I've, I already have a baby with this person. And then like, I was obviously like with this person and love with this person, you know? Um, and it was just like really traumatic because it it was like a lot of like, am I going to have a baby? Am I going to like not have a baby? Am I going to? And so something else to note is that I've also had an abortion with, with my ex as well. Mm-hmm. And so I had an abortion the year before taking care of me, like emotionally, he was very physically and emotionally abusive. And, um, you know, I fell in love with him when I was like 17 years old. It was, it was just a lot of different things, you know? And, um, so, so yeah, like I, I had an abortion like with, with um one of our children that we that we had and then like the year after that I ended up getting pregnant again Mm -hmm. and that we're we're not even together at this point and I was just like oh my god this is crazy and so I was just like going through a lot of different things a lot of different emotional and spiritual changes Mm -hmm. but you know I always tell myself like I really feel like I needed that because like even after we broke up, like every few months, we'd like try this thing where we were like trying to get back together. And then, um, 
it just wouldn't work out. Like something would happen and it just wasn't because we weren't supposed to be together. Like, and so, and he just, he's, you know, bless him, but he, he has issues that he has to deal with on his own, you know? And, um, that's not something I can help him with. And so I had to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's not something I always knew. <laughs> right. 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 Let me tell you, that's not something I always knew. Like, but it, it's something that I had to learn and I had to receive. And so after uh, I ended up going to, I ended up making a decision one day um, because we, we got into an argument because I told him, I knew I was pregnant the week after we had had sex. I was like, I'm pregnant. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I like, I, I've been sensing it too. Like, and so he always knew I was pregnant as well. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And so um, I went to the doctor. They were like, yeah, you're pregnant. A week later, um, I figured out, I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this. I can't, I, I'm not having another baby by this man. Like, I'm not, like, I already had an abortion for the exact same reason. Why am I questioning it now? Like, I don't, like, we're not even together now. Like, so I ended up going to the doctor because I was going to go to And so I get to the, I get to the doctor and they're like, the doctor's kind of like, well, it kind of looks like um, you might be miscarrying. And I was like, oh, I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, that's, I mean, you might not, you might not, but it looks like, um, it looks like you're, it's breaking down. And so I was like, okay. So I ended up, it, I remember calling my grandmother because um, my grandmother, me, so my grandmother grew up in a time where women were giving birth, like, you know, at home mm-hmm. and um, sexuality was never discussed. I talk about that all the time. Like the way I, I'm always like telling people when I talk to my boyfriend about it, I'm like, you know, it's really interesting because me and my grandmother, my grandmother kind of raised me for a few years. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm really, really, really close to my grandmother. And so I'm always talking about how it's really interesting when I have conversations with her now, like as a woman and like asking her things like about sexuality and like friendships and marriage. And she, it, it just seems like she's so disconnected from like the enjoyment of being married, like having a sexual relationship. And it almost seems like she's not sexual. And then I have to check myself because it's like, well, yeah, she grew up in a time where that wasn't really like women, women, weren't really talking about self like and they weren't they weren't enjoying sex the way we enjoy sex now and so it's just a very different concept for her but I I remember the the day that I fully passed um my baby I had called her because I was at the gas station and I remember being at the gas station and then I just drip blood everywhere like all over the gas station Like I was like walking, I was like standing at the line. I was checking something out at the front register and then I felt terrible. I felt, I felt so terrible. I was like breaking out in a sweat. I felt dizzy. I felt like I was going to pass out. And so, um, I'm at the register and then I just feel this big, like release of blood 
and I look down, there's like a full puddle of blood all over the floor. And I'm like telling the lady at the register, I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I had on, and I had on a dress. So that was even worse. Yeah. And so, but I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, what are you sorry about? And then she looks over the counter and I'm like pointing and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. And see that, and that's another funny thing. It's like, you know, like even today, like you'll meet women and like you guys will talk about blood or periods and it's like, oh my God, that's so gross. I don't know what that's like. And it's like, how do you not know what that's like? It's like blood, it's blood. Like it's, it's blood. I don't know. But anyways, um, I think it's kind of weird. <laughs> but so... I ended up telling my grandmother about this. I wasn't telling her that I was like having a miscarriage, but I was telling her what was happening. And um, she was just like, well, you know, you could just go take some garlic and it'll be fine. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take some garlic. And so, um, that day, that night, I ended up, I, I went to yoga, and then I got home, and and then um, I just remember the feeling of, like, almost, it, it almost felt like I was having a baby, you know? And, um, yeah, and then it passed. I, I sent a picture of it to my ex, and... Um, that was pretty much it. And, but what's traumatizing about this for some people is that like, I kept my fetus, like I, I still have my fetus like in a jar. And um, I, I, I couldn't like let it go for some reason. Um, and so around the same time, I'd say like last year, um, me and Michal, which is the person I started birthing our ancestors with, we were like both like depressed, like at, at about the same time. And we were just having issues coming up about, you know, her experience because she had had an abortion last year. Um, and, um, she, we were just both like kind of traumatized still. Like we, we just couldn't bottle it up anymore. Michal's a little bit different. She's a little bit more of an open person. And she's more open to um, being expressive about, like, herself and, like, her experiences. I'm a lot more, like, private. Um, and so she, she was just like, you know, a lot of people have been dealing with this. You know, a lot of people deal with this. Like, we should, yeah. we should talk to people yeah. more about it. And so we, we kind of developed this concept of like birthing our ancestors. I was like, you know, and I started thinking about it. Cause like, I'm, I'm just more of a, I'm like, all right, well, we could talk about it a little bit, but then like, let's do it. You know, like I'm, I'm more action oriented. So I was like, okay, let's meet up tomorrow at like this, this place that we always go, this vegan spot. We always go to here in Austin. And we met up there and then like, I had put together some concepts for, her. we did it twice. Um, this year and then we did it a third time in July and so it 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 kind of blossomed from there you know because it, it became it became it, it started off as like a healing tool for the both of us um and then it became more of 
something that we needed to do for the entire community because it's it it's interesting like I wasn't telling like I kept this a secret I kept the fact that I had a miscarriage a secret for at least two years and um nobody knew anything and then after I started birthing our ancestors, I was telling everybody about it. I was telling people at the grocery store, I would be in line, like at the gas station, like, oh, you know, like the day I had a miscarriage, I bled out at a gas station like this. And, you know, it, it became like very, very common to discuss. And it's, it, but what's funny about that is it, it, it just goes to show you the power of the tongue, right? Because yep. when you normalizing these things, people start normalizing it for themselves because everyone, everyone is ashamed of marriages. Everyone is ashamed of abortions. Like, like, and even if you're not ashamed of it anymore, it's coming from a place of being ashamed. You know what I mean? And, um, because we're, we're just trained and taught to like be ashamed of these things. And, um, when really it's just, you know, I went to this, um, they had this meeting because I'm, I'm also a certified herbalist. And so the herb school I went to here in Austin, they do these like meetings every so often for different things. And they had this meeting on um, the, the title of the event was um, herbs for the spontaneous and elective abortion. And I thought that was such a genius way of putting it spontaneous and elective abortion, because that's what a miscarriage is. A miscarriage is a spontaneous abortion. You're not choosing to abort, but like it's, it's still being aborted like from your body. And so, um, it's, it's an, it, it kind of, it kind of, it takes away the shame portion of it, even though women who have miscarriages are still so ashamed because like, after I started, like, started talking about birthing our ancestors more and having women come to our events, and men as well. We have lots of men who come to the events. Um, it started being more of a conversation of, like, oh, yeah, this happened. And I mean, I, I've sat with women who are, like, in their 40s who had an abortion 20 years ago mm-hmm. and they're they're like in tears because it's been 20 years of hiding and they haven't been able to talk about it nope. and they felt so like they they just did exactly what I did and like just swept it under the rug like just left it like and they never dealt with it they they're not talking about it in therapy they're not you know they're just not talking about it you know and so um when you when they they meet a woman who is and they're like you're just like sitting there talking to them about your that's all you're doing you're just sharing your experience like they're like oh yeah let me tell you oh let me tell you what happened to me 20 years ago and it's a relief and so you know it it really put into perspective for me that especially the first time we did it because the first time we did it, it was more of a trial run yeah. Um, the first one we did, I actually did it at my at house. Um, and I, I always cook a full course vegan meal for the event. And the, the idea is to use art as a tool to um, express like your pain. Right. Yeah. So I, I always introduce like a different facet of art, whether it be painting or like photography or drawing or sketching um 
it's all like a different facet of art. And then um, I cook a full course vegan meal. We have, we start the group off by doing a group therapy. And that's where we all talk. Everyone kind of introduces themselves. Kind of like if you go to like an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of discuss like your experience with wound trauma. And it was very important to me that we had men come because um, I really think it's important that men are a part of the conversation because a lot of men feel, they either feel very disconnected to it because no one's sitting there telling them, oh no, you got to worry about having an abortion or a miscarriage because their bodies don't work that way. Um, Or they just feel like, they feel like, they they can't it's not their place to talk about it because mm-hmm. like you know it's like the, like I don't like for the same reason really like I don't have a woman's body I'm supposed to tell a woman what to do but it's like it's not about telling a woman what to do it's 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 supposed to be so we can have more conversations about like what's happening because like our wounds are affected like by men obviously mm-hmm. as well you know like we we can only get pregnant by men currently like you know so um that was such an important part of it so I always ask men to like like before I do it I like put out like a flyer or a note looking for male volunteers who want to come and like be a part of the conversation but I also make sure that they're part of the group therapy as well because um there's also men there's also men who feel um traumatized by women that they've been in relationships with who have abortions mm-hmm. and with their children and it, and it hurts them and yeah. like I don't think that's something like some women are like oh well you know it's her body you should like man up about it but it's like no like we're we're all we're all human like having an experience of being emotional and like feeling and like really coming to terms with things that like hurt us and so obviously um the star of the show is the womb but like you know we're all affected by wounds we all come from wounds so that was a big thing so we do a group therapy um and we we all talk and we talk about our experience and then afterwards we break out into doing a an art project together so the first time we did it i had um I had bought just canvases for everyone because it was a smaller group. It was only like 15 people the first time. And um, so we bought canvases and then everyone painted and we, we kind of like talked about like what we were painting and like how we were relating like our pain to like what we were creating and developing like on our canvas. And, um, and then that's it. Like, you know, you, you walk around, you talk, we, you know, it's, it's very, very simple, honestly. And, um, you know, you go home and you bring some art with you or sometimes people leave the art. It just depends on how they feel, you know? Um, and so then like after that, like, but it, it just started being, people were asking me about it. Like, Hey, when are you going to do the next event? When are we going to, when are we going to have another art therapy group? And like this last time when I did it in July, we had over 40 people come, um, men, women, black, Asian, Indian, white, 
Like, and I mean, it's, it's incredible because people really do relate. Like when you start thinking about, um, what I re- like, Oh my God, like here, here go me, here I go talking about art again. So like, it's like, <laughs> I swear to God, like, cause it, it, it's like when you put the concept of art, like into any mix, right. People really start really thinking about, um, themselves and their experience and that's why art is so important like it's so important like regardless of whether you think you're good at any type of art whether it's dancing or painting or or writing or like speaking or whatever it is that you like to do like whatever or cooking whatever it is you like to do whenever whenever you do it um you're really just like expressing yourself right and so like people like there was this one woman and I, I was so happy she said this but when we did the art therapy group last time, she, she mentioned in, um, when she was speaking that she deals with endometriosis and she's like, that's like my womb trauma has been dealing with endometriosis my entire life. And I thought that was like such a brilliant thing because it's like, yes, like, like dealing with things like endometriosis or like I have quite a few friends who are affected by PCOS and like a lot of it, a lot of it comes from, um, like I, my theory is that because specifically in my generation, um, a lot of us were put on birth control at like 14, 13 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like our bodies are still developing at 13, 14, which like, it's cr- like, I've never been on birth control ever because my, my mother was very like, what are you going to be on birth control for? My mom was always, that was like always her attitude. But like, even to this day, she's like, it's so good that you've never been on birth control because like, who knows? Like, because it's just, you can't, you can't like start like putting such a strong impression on, on a a young woman's body that early and then like expect it to like work properly. Like, how is it like, it doesn't know how to work yet. Like it's still developing, working. So like putting birth control I, and I, I really do I truly truly believe like a lot of it has to do with us being on birth control really early but like I literally like all of my best friends like either have endometriosis or PCOS and um they were all put on birth control before the age of 16 so um like I really thought it was interesting like when that woman had brought that up in the group because it like, I can't imagine like my my friends, my friends who deal with it, they, they go through a lot of agonizing pain. They go through a lot of, cause like their testosterone levels are really high. So they're, they're Mm -hmm. extremely moody and like erratic and like sometimes like, and then they grow hair everywhere. And like, that's not really bad. I don't really, I don't think it's bad. I mean, it's it's hair, like, um, but for them, I can imagine, like, for them, like, growing up being, like, 15 and, like, have a beard and you're, like, you're in high school, like, it's kind of, like, it's annoying and it probably makes you feel insecure and, like, I get that, you know what I mean? So, 
like being 15 is already hard enough being a woman of color and being 15 you know mm-hmm. so um yeah um so these are just like little things that we do and like it, it's just such a amazing piece i just i just really am so thankful for it because um i i think it really helps people like relate to each other and like that's a really big part of what birthing our ancestors is about too it's about relating to womb trauma so that you have more understanding of the next person who's next to you mm-hmm. because we're all so deeply affected by it and we I had a man like speak and he was talking about how his mother being raped like affected his relationship with his mother growing up because it's like something she never dealt with so um she she dealt with a lot of well he was saying that when he was growing up he dealt with a lot of his mother doing like a lot of like things to him like because she was still like angry like at his father you know what I mean and um I'm like you know that's valid that makes a lot of sense and like you know that's not saying that we should like take up for his mom because like, I think it's shitty when people take things out on their children that happened to them. But at the same time, it's, it's like, it's very eye opening because you're also, you're also relating to that experience because like, if you've never been raped and you've never had a child out, out of rape, you're not going to relate to that experience. You know what I mean? But it is going to allow you to be more aware so you can know that, like, you know, people feel this way. And this is what happens, like, over generations of this happening. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So it's, I, I like, love it so much. And I, I, I'm going to be so happy when we can um, be officially doing group therapies again. Yeah. Um, right now we're in the place where... I think I was telling you a little bit of it earlier. So we, when we started, when we, when me and Michal had first started this, um, <clears throat> I work on it singularly by myself now, but um, when we had first started it and we were doing it together, we were doing these groups out of pocket. Like we were, we were paying for art supplies. Of course we had like quite a few people who were helping us sponsor like club band two here in Austin. Mm-hmm. They actually sponsored us um, with a lot of like getting people to come and a lot of uh, social media ads and things of that nature. Um, and Indra's um, a warehouse. That's where we actually had it last year. And so it, it's like all of these things, these we're so thankful for the people who were there for us and helped us with this um but we were doing it like everything else was out of pocket you know and so um what we were trying to do was or what the goal what the goal is now is to get funding under another organization so that we can continue the art therapy groups and um but be able that way i can focus more like on the concepts because like it's it's half just planning and then the other half is just paying what <laughs> <laughs> like if i could just get somebody to pay then like we can just keep doing it right um, so yeah there are so many things that you hit on 
that we are like over here shaking our heads, writing down all the notes, like so many things that you hit on. And it's interesting. Um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with us. And no, of uh, course, sharing your truth and your your experience and your story. Um, thank you. Yeah, of course. It is, it is a piece that I we don't talk enough about. I mean, we don't talk enough about a, a lot of things, but we right. talk a lot about abortions and miscarriages and, and wound trauma. Um, but it's, it's very interesting that you bring that up because Danielle and I recently just finished a training and, and we were talking about abortions. And when you actually, and you said this, when you look at the actual definition of abortion, which is like the ending of a pregnancy by removal or expulsion of an embryo or fetus before it can survive outside the uterus, an abortion that occurs without intervention is known as a miscarriage or spontaneous abortion. So when we look at the definition of what an abortion is, many people are having abortions and not tying it to um, what the actual meaning of abortion is. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just at a clinic. It's not just in the hospital setting that these are happening. It's it's just the ways in which it happens. Exactly. 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 And that is, I think, what weighs so heavy on the, like, stigma of that experience is because we don't actually understand, well, one, we don't understand what that experience is. And having art therapy groups such as Birthing Our Ancestors or having a space where we're having that conversation does give us an eye of like what that experience looks like, whether it's a a choice you decide to make or it is a spontaneous portion, losing a child no matter what does something to a person. Yeah. It affects that person forever. And so being able to have those conversations and really share and connect to that allows you to, to realize that and understand it better. Um, And I love that you are incorporating that conversation into not just women, but like anyone having those. Anyone. Because like you said, I mean, there's many a partners who have had partners who have decided to have abortions or they've decided to have it. And we're not talking about how that experience is for them. Like exactly, or even understanding miscarriage. A lot of times, yeah. mom already blames herself enough mm-hmm. and starts to think about, well, what did I do? The partner right. I'm doing is not a part of actually growing the baby in that sense. Now is looking at the partner too. Like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they never say it, yep. and they hold it. You know, they right. not wanting the bad guy to point the finger and say you did this, and and not knowing that. Our bodies just do that. It's not right. a person to blame when it mm-hmm. comes to a miscarriage. It's not. There's no assignment, you know. Um, right. Really, so much of it is unknown, you know. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I full. I a hundred percent. Like I went backwards and forth when I had a miscarriage. I went backwards and forth every day for three months, and I was like. I was like, oh my God, am I going to keep this baby or am, am I going to not keep this baby? Like, and that, that stress alone, that stress alone of like, cry, can you imagine? I was crying every single day, like full tears every single day, trying to figure out if I was going to keep my baby or if I was going to have an abortion. Like that, that, that alone is extremely traumatizing. Just that. That thought, and that's enough. Like, 
stress kills babies. Like stress kills babies. You can't, you can't be stressed. You can't be stressed. Like, and like keep a baby. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Nature is very, very, very spot on. It's very spot on. It's genius almost. It is genius. Yeah. Nature is very genius. Yeah. But it, it's like, it's, it's not, it's still not your fault. You know what I mean? Like right. you can't right. like, exactly. and, and uh, like partners really do need to understand that like, there, there, there has to be conditions. There are conditions that a woman's body has to be in for you to successfully carry a baby. Mm-hmm. And you like a part of that condition is like how your partner is. That's, that's a big part of that condition mm-hmm. because you can't like, unfortunately we live in, and again, like our society is, is no longer set up the way it used to be where, you know, your auntie lives down the street your uncle's over here, your grandmother's right here, you know, you could like, you know, my grandmother, you know, my grandmother used to tell me that when she was raising my mother and like her, my aunt, that she would drop, she would drop them off with my great grandmother for like two or three months and like leave the country and like come back. And my great grandmother would just, but it's like, it's, it's different. You know, it's completely different time. Like you can't do that anymore. Like, like grandmothers work now. Grandmothers still work. Grandmothers work. Grandmas are doing things. Yeah. They, they have business, honey. (laughs) Like they have business. Like my my mother told me, like, I I think my son was with my mom like a, a month or two ago. My mom was like, I was like, thank you so much for, for watching him for the weekend, something like that, as I was leaving. She's like, he can't come over until after October 25th because I have to take a test. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, well, I got you. I know. I was at my grandparents' house. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. I have to pull out my calendar with my mom to make sure her calendar lines up. New I'm like, okay, I, I see you living your best life, but man, I need help. I like, can't you can't, can't you sit down right. and watch me? No, I'm saying no, that's what to do, boo. Like, uh, so it's it's, it's different. It is different. <laughs> it's so different. But I, I, I mean, it, I'm also thinking about you know you saying like having conversations with your grandma about her experience. And how that was different and how what our experiences are today about how like how how open we are becoming mm-hmm. about talking about things. Right. Um, and I really do think like we are we are all such in a place right now where we're really trying to heal those generational traumas and those generational wounds. Absolutely. Yep. The other part is that some of that has to be the conversations that we have with our elders mm-hmm. and then being yeah. open to have those conversations so we can can figure out what didn't work and what did work. And that, that history um, that comes from them. And I think about that piece. And I also think about, like, why did you choose the name Birthing Our Ancestors? Yeah. So I actually, I chose the name Birthing Our Ancestors because um, when I was in, in that, in those three months when I was going backwards and forth about my abortion, the only person, the only person who knew that I was pregnant was my best friend, Hira. And so... We, the, the child that I would have had if I wouldn't have had a miscarriage 
would have um, been born, like they would have been due on her birthday. <laughs> and so um, I kept telling her, I was like, you know, like I might, I might like, I, I'm no, not even I might. Like I was like, I'm going to name her Azadi. Like if I keep her, I'm going to name her Azadi. And um, Azadi is my best friend's last name, which means freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was very like, and like I told you, I, I still have my fetus. The fetus I miscarried, I still keep it in a jar in my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And um, a big part of that is because like, I felt very connected to the fetus. And I wasn't sure like who that person was or what, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was a very, very strong force, like in a, a soul that like I have, I've already met and I've already had an exchange with. And so birthing our ancestors, it comes from like women, women are vessels. Like we, we, we can give life and we, we can give birth to things that are no longer alive. You know what I mean? And so, um, we are essentially, we, we are the gateway to like, the afterworld and to the oh my gosh. <laughs> I just got like chills. You just said <laughs> down like my whole entire body when you just said that. Like but yeah, like that's why that's why like wounds are such like they're they're such priceless oh. things. They're so priceless. It's so priceless for women to give birth. Giving birth is like such an important it's just so vital, like not just for humanity, not just for society, but like for the existence of like a spiritual world, like it's, it's so important, like that we have, that we have babies and that we, that we bring things out of our bodies because like, we really are like connecting ourselves like to another place that we can't see, but we, we feel, we feel those places in the same way that you, you feel your grandparents when they, when they passed or like, you remember things that someone said to you, who's no longer here. It's like, it's, it's not just, it's, it's not just because like they were there. It's because like they have a spiritual imprint like within you and, um, within like your existence and so um that like that's what birthing our ancestors is because like you you can literally you can have your grandparent you might give birth to somebody you never met in your family you know what I mean and I think that's I think that's something that that happens quite regularly and it's just you know like people are just like oh that's like you know that's a little bit too too much on like the spiritual side for some people but it it's 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 definitely something that i very very strongly relate to and i think most women strongly relate to it most women especially if you've given birth if you've had a baby i think most women would agree that like they feel that because it's it's just like like it's not it's not something that happens on accident like you're not connected on accident like it's because you're actually connected, like, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, I'm so happy you asked me that question, cause like, like people don't. I I, I think some people kind of overlook the name sometimes, like. But that's that's such a, yeah, that's really important. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> We always think about pregnancy and birth of the the birth of life, 
in that yeah. passageway to birth, but also ignoring because of our own relationship with death, we ignore yeah. the passageway of death as well. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Birth and, and life and death. What is death? What is death anyway? To to a person to a person who is dead, what is death? Like and, and also I guess like sometimes we um not not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I just feel like sometimes we um we forget that or not even we forget, like just some people just don't they, they don't we, we don't have a concept of death because no one's died and come back and been like, Oh yeah, you know, it's not that bad on the other side, you know, or whatever. But it's like um it's like if you if it put yourself in a person who's dead shoes, you know, like your concept of death is very similar to your concept of birth because where where are these babies coming from? You know? What what is the what's the existence of uh, of you before you are consciously in a womb? You know, your brain starts developing, I think like what the second or third trimester? of of you being pregnant so like that person has already has like a consciousness like in your body so if if you already have a consciousness in someone's body and you are not yet born you know of course you still have a consciousness when you're dead and if if you're the vessel that gives birth and you give death like you 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 provide you provide something physical to the world that is no longer technically alive. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely, there's definitely that connection there. So I'm sorry. No, I'm the both of us are. (laughs) No, because we, as much as we are like, you can share your, miscarriage share your stillborn story that we don't really get them yeah um and sometimes that's just about how people feel about sharing their story right um a lot of times people Mm -hmm. after they've had a baby they're fine with talking about it um so it's like a new topic for us yeah in this space and within this community because most people only talk about it after they've had a birth of a live child um Mm-hmm. They can come full circle with it, or right. it helps them heal from it. But that's not always the case. Sometimes there's just miscarriage after miscarriage. Yep. And that is the cycle for some people. Right. And being able to talk about this in a way that brings healing, that brings more understanding, that brings just more conversation, yep. um, is important. That you're able to process it in a different way. I absolutely adore you. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like sitting here looking at flights to Ohio. I'm like, how far is Ohio from DC? Like, not so bad. <laughs> she gonna show up tomorrow. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Like, how far? It's like, I could do a weekend trip. It wouldn't be that bad. Right? It's like, Austin's like a hub for like everything that I do. Like, I mean, it's like a hub for art. It's a hub for... Um, 
holistic medicine and holistic practitioners, holistic related care. It's like a hub for all that, but it's, it's, it's white. It's so white. Like it's really white. And like people are starting to talk it more about how white it is here. And like, um, like how, how, how hard it is for people of color who are, who are related to all those things, but they're, they're a person of color. So it's just like harder to like deal with here. But, um, and they're starting to talk about it, but it's like, they're not, they're not doing it fast enough. Like, so I'm like, how far, I'm like, how far is, how far are they from DC? It can't be that bad. Like, Only a six hour drive. Cause I really, I really so, don't know I mean, anything about it. Hey, we can do road trips. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, say it again? I said it's only a six-hour drive. Oh, see, that's perfect. I've done that. I drove from Syracuse to DC like last year. Let's make it so happen. So that's perfect. Just move here. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Um, anything from birthing your ancestors? Anything you're thinking about? Just anything you'd like to leave them with? Um, I guess I just want to leave them with, like, always, like, never question, like, your feelings. Like, I guess that's really it. Like, I, I think that when we become a society that's more conscious of our own feelings and, like, we're not second-guessing them, we're not saying, oh, people aren't supposed to feel this way or, like, this isn't normal. Like if we normalize like ourself just being, then you'll, you'll be happier. Like, and things will go your way more because like, it's, it's really just like everyone's experience is their own and all of our experiences are going to be different. They're going to be their own kind of sad. They're going to be their own kind of happy they're going to be their own kind of struggle. And as long as you are being true to your own kind of struggle, your own kind of happiness, your own kind of drive, like you, it'll be fine. It'll all be fine. Like it'll be better than fine. It'll be fucking fantastic because (laughs) that's just like, that's just what you're supposed to be doing anyway. You're just supposed to be like, you're not supposed to do anything. Nope. You're supposed to be. So that's it. Bright stories of color. You guys are amazing. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this. Um, no, thank you. I'm I'm so happy that like I got to talk to you guys and your listener, and it's like it's it's so exciting. Like, and I can't wait to do it again. Yes, yes, because we are. Yes. All righty. Well. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.